What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning back in and joining me for a conversation that is much bigger than sports. For the second time in 2020, we saw the sports world come to an absolute freeze. The first time due to the COVID-19 outbreak and the second time due to the boycotting that we saw across the WNBA, the NBA, and other leagues. Joined by a couple of guests to discuss the social injustice that a lot of black America continues to face. Thanks for listening. us uh it's myself dwight thompson joined very fortunate to be joined by cameron bob and rashad osborne uh rashad why don't you start it off introduce yourself man how's it going dwight first of all man thank you for having me um you know um my name is rashad osborne uh ashabula native you know sir um grew up around cam you know dwight i I know you for 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 a long time too but me and cam go way back um you know just want to bounce around some ideas, man, and see what we can, uh, what we can come up with, man, how we can help, help the narrative and, and yep. help the conversation, you know, move forward instead of staying stagnant. So, you know, I love Asheville. I love, I love everything about my city. Um, you know, I just want to keep it pushing forward, man. Sounds good, brother. I appreciate you being here. Cam, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Dwight? How you doing, bro? Good, bud. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, Cameron Bob. I grew up uh, pretty much majority of my life in uh, Asheville, Ohio, uh, attended Asheville high, high School along as uh, Lakeside High School, um, went to Kent State University, um, played football there for five years. Then after I graduated, uh, I moved out to Denver, Colorado, where I started my family. Yep. Beautiful family, too. Thank you. Beautiful family. Yeah, well, I appreciate y'all being here. You guys, uh, yeah, I mean, I've known you for since I was real young. Um, especially you, for, for real. Cam, you always kind of a big brother figure to me, so I appreciate you coming in. And I just honestly, like I said, this is, I mean, Rashad, you kind of alluded to it. This is, you know, we need to have some conversations. Right. Um, right. And we're, we're not going to mince words. We're going to dive right into it. The reason we're all talking today is in light of what happened to, it's a few different things, starting with what happened to Jacob Blake. And then kind of the byproduct of that, which was the NBA deciding to boycott. Um, And, you know, right now we have people's ear. There's a lot of people listening, a lot of people trying to navigate, one, what it's like being a black person in America. And then, two, there's other people that are not black trying to figure out what their role can be. um, Ally with black people in America. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's like we were talking about beforehand, I think when you look at uh, when you look at this kind of thing, it seems like it's just this like this like where do I even start to have a to make a change? It's very simple, man. I just think it's with having a conversation. So that's what we're doing right now. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, Rashad, what do you what do you just off the cuff, man? What do you what do you kind of think about everything going on right now? Well, I mean the the video, you know, of the Jacob Blake incident is disgusting. Um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of stories. I don't care what he said he had in the car. I don't care what he had in his hand. I don't care about none of that. You know, the guy had his back turned. 
and you shot him seven times in the back with no regard for his children who are right there. So now it's, a, it's about you're not even, you know, having any type of human impulses now. It's just like you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I mean, where's the taser? Yep. Where's the let's tackle this guy? It's, it's how many yep. cops are right there? You know what I'm saying? Let's let's tackle him. Your first yep. thought is to. I'm going to shoot him in his back seven times. It's, it's ridiculous. So yeah. it starts with police training, man. I mean, it seems like uh, anybody can become a cop. And I mean anybody. Yeah. You know, it's just it, like any profession, man. It, you, if you want to be a cop, you can wake up tomorrow morning and go be a cop. You know, and it shouldn't be that simple. So right. um, for now, I mean, we just have to start with the training and, and, and the screening process with police officers. Right. Sam, right. what about you? Yeah, I am. I, I second that, you know, um, where is the good, the good hands on combat? Like these guys are trained to do hand in hand combat. You know, I have mm-hmm. uh, family members that are in law enforcement and I know for a fact that they're trained to do hand to hand combat. And mm-hmm. you have three, four officers there and you tell them you can't tackle one guy. One guy you can't subdue one guy. You know, I've seen videos, and I don't want to make this about uh, white and black, but I watched a video yesterday on Facebook for four minutes where it was a white officer with a white gentleman in a a liquor store, I believe, and this officer wrestled with the guy for four minutes. The guy tried to grab his gun. He had his taser. He had his pepper tray. And you know what? That gun never came out the holster. And if you put the shoe on the other foot, the first time we start wrestling with the cop, we get shot, mm. yep. you know, um, and it's just it's not right. You know, no, it's not and right. I think we've taken we, we took it for so long and now we're, we're sick of it. And I tell people all the time, we're not fighting to be superior. We're fighting just fighting to, be, to equal. be equal. Yes, sir. That's all we want. We just want to be equal. Um, and for the people out there that think that that's wrong. I think they honestly just need to have a conversation to understand. Um, right. You know, um, honestly, I feel like if the right person were, were to say something or to st- uh, stand up and take a stand with us, I think people would actually start to listen. And I would just go out and say it. If Tom Brady, Tim Tebow, or somebody along those lines stand up and stand with us, it'll grab people's attention. Man, big time. Why? Tell, and, and, tell, and why? Why? Why is that so? Because there's a lot of people out there that I feel respects Tom Brady and respect what he's done in his profession. Um, but he is on the – I feel like he's at the top of the game. He's almost like a LeBron James. If he speaks, people listen. And he has a whole different following than our African-American community does. There's a lot of African-Americans that follow LeBron James, that follows his tweets, his uh, Instagram, everything. Um, and not only for his athletic ability, but for the message that he's portraying. So if Tom Brady used his platform like LeBron James is doing and got behind this message, I think that people would actually start to understand what we're trying to do. Yep. I mean, you said a couple of things there, too, that, that I'd like to piggyback on. One, talking about, you know, you tr- I know I understand trying not to make it about white versus black. And that's always kind of, for me, that's where it gets frustrating is when people when we have these conversations, especially when you're advocating for Black Lives Matter, it seems like there's 
there's this sense where sometimes people receive those words and the first thing they do is make it seem like you're trying to step on our white counterpart to step on our white brothers and sisters where it's like, that's not the case. We're just telling you that we're not putting down another race by trying to advocate for our own. But when our own race is under attack, we're going to speak up. You hope so. Hopefully. Right. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that there is, there doesn't need to be this. You can either fall on one side or the other. There's no reason that you just can't be, you know, have this same sense of urgency to want to see equality for everybody. But right now the focus needs to be on black America because black America is what's, I want to say what's under attack, but it's been under attack. And the plight, right. my thing too, is the, the, the plight of the plight of people right now, you know, people aren't just, it, it's, it's crazy to me that when you hear someone come to you with so much emotion, like we are seeing um, just so many people so emotional and just so broken and angry. I mean, this, instead of, I think people where people go wrong is when they see that instead of reacting to the, why people feel that way, they just kind of react to the, what, whether it's when people's words or their actions, instead of focusing on like, okay, what are they doing? Like, why don't you first try to listen to where we're coming from? Why are we saying these things? Like, that's what's most important. Like, where's just, that's just kind of general respect for anybody. And you talking about Tom Brady using, I mean, the key word there is platform. Like he is a platform that is unparalleled, which is why what's, you know, what we see going on in the NBA and the WNBA and, um, even some other sports, even MLB a little bit. Um, You know, I've seen some people kind of criticize them for boycotting, saying like, well, other Americans have to go to work. Well, you know what? Like, let's call it like it is. Other Americans don't have the platform NBA players do. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, it's, you know, the criticism of, you know, their wealth and that, you know, their their situation. No, it's not like general America, but also – They've they've one earned that status and two it's like you said they have a following, and they they have the ear of the people following them right now and so I I I personally like I just couldn't be more in support of what the NBA and WNBA players are doing. I love it. Um, let me all right. go, go ahead. ahead. Thank you. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say I right, I'm actually I'm I'm kind of mad that they decided to play. Like when I heard that the Lakers and the Clippers were going to like end their season, I was like, yes. I was so behind it just because you have some big name athletes out there from all over the United States and even other countries that this movement can just take off if they just don't play. And you know what? If they don't play, the people that's at the top of the chain, those owners that are billionaires, will go back into these hoods and actually understand where these players are coming from. So, because instead of us and our race and going out there and making them money, that's what they're doing. They're making them money by playing. Do they lose money? Yes, I definitely understand. But I feel like the message behind the whole thing is more important than them playing. Yeah. And and, and to me, I agree with that. Um, I think – I've even, I even actually like right when it happened, I actually had a, a buddy text me that was, you know, totally he want he kind of prefaced it with I'm fully in support of what the players, you know, kind of why they're doing it. But he was having the question of like, but can you t- explain to me why boycotting even works? And I mean, I'm, I certainly don't have all the answers, but my opinion was, you know, boycotting like the purpose of a boycott is to affect economic loss. Like it is meant to. Mm-hmm. And it's also meant to. All right. Think about how many conversations have you seen in the last 72 hours about this whole situation? None of that happens without the boycott. Nope. So there's tangible benefits from this. 
And yep. and you're right. I wish I do. I do wish it was sustained. Um, but with that, be that as it is, I kind of want to talk more about backing what they initially thought to do. Um, Rashad, what what do you think about when you saw saw the boycott? Oh, I was happy. Um, yeah, you you got to. At the end of the day, we can't just keep quote unquote shutting up and dribbling. You know what I'm right. saying? Yep. We can't do it. Like. And and it starts with LeBron, and LeBron's doing a wonderful job of you know being like this era's like Jim Brown and like Muhammad Ali, like when it comes to being that athlete that's like out there in the trenches and on the front line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm with I'm with both you guys. They should have not came back. They should have watched the whole season. Mm-hmm. I think that would have made a, a a big splash. But like uh, you know, the point of the boycott. It, it, it's to start the conversation. It's to wake people up, and that's exactly what it did. So, yep, I, agree. I, I wish they would have just went home and, and spent time with their families and focused on their communities instead of, you know, making these guys money. But hey, it is yep. what it is. It is what it is, and and I mean the community thing is important too. Like I know, um, I, I mean, so I'm not a I'm not a parent, but you both have you both are parents, yeah, um, and have beautiful kids. I know as a as black parents in America, like what. What are you feeling, not only for your own well-being, but, I mean, I I don't want to speak for you, but I can imagine your kids' well-being takes even higher precedent than that. Like, how are you feeling right now raising kids here? Go ahead, Cam. Me, honestly, like, I'm scared. I know, that's a, that, that's a loaded uh, question. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, scared. I'm just scared, not only for my kids, but for the youth in general, um, all across the board. Uh, you see the things that's going on and the way they're teaching these kids – um, it's a, it's horrifying, you know, uh, especially for my, my younger daughters, African-American, like, honestly, like, it's hard for me to even have a conversation with them because my, my, uh, oldest daughter, she's very curious. She asks a lot of questions and I'm like, man, how do I even answer this? You're seven. You shouldn't be answering, you shouldn't be answering these questions, you know? So my wife got, has to help me, you what know? What kind of questions? Um, uh, she asked me, why are cops bad? Why is a cop? Uh, she asked me, why is he, um, when about the George Floyd, why is he on his yeah. neck? Uh, why are people outraged, you know? And as a African-American male, and I have to explain it to a seven-year-old, that the people that are in line to serve and protect us aren't always there to serve and protect us. Right. So I have to have a conversation with a seven-year-old about if you get approached by a police officer, you have to comply. You have to be yes, 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 sir, yeah, uh, yes, ma'am, no, sir, whatever the case might be, and let her know that you can still do that and may not walk away, you know? Right. So it's just, uh, it's horrifying. It is horrifying. You know? Not only should your daughter not have to ask them questions, but we shouldn't have to be having those conversations. Correct. Uh, and that's where I, I just think that people don't really realize Sometimes when, you know, the word privilege gets so misunderstood, I think more than anything. And but that really encapsulates it. Like there's a lot of, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of white friends that are parents as well that they don't have to have those conversations. Nope. Um, Rashad, what about you? Uh, man, um, I, I would say for myself, first and foremost, um, I'm worried, but I'm not worried. You know, I'm uh, I can only control how I act, how I carry myself, how I approach people and, and whatnot. Um, 
if you know something was to happen to me on 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 behalf of the hands of the police or or, or whatever, mm-hmm. I would hope people who know me and know my character would know. Wait a minute, like if that happened to him, we know something went left. You know, it 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 wasn't on his behalf. You know, because I try even police officers. Like I try to respect police officers. Yeah, you know, but uh, as far as the kids, it's it's a different thing. Um, especially a lot of people don't talk about, especially raising, you know, biracial kids, Right. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's scary. You know what I'm saying? Because they have to adhere to both sides. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, Dwight, you know, I mean, yep. you know, I mean, it's, it could be yeah. sticky sometimes. It can be sticky sometimes. Um, and you know, I, like I, like I said, I'm not a parent, but I do have two younger brothers that, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I mean, that when I think about this whole thing, that that's always the first thing that comes to my mind is I have a 16 year old brother and a 12 year old brother that are also, you know, the 16 year olds got a little bit more of an understanding, but he's still 16. He's still right. like asking so many questions about like, well, what do I do? He just got his driver's license. And again, yeah. this is, is another thing. Like before he got his license, like one of the first things that I had to say to him was talking about, I just wanted to have the talk with him and you guys know what i'm talking about like just making sure that he knows what happens like when he gets pulled over like how to interact to not not to not get a ticket (laughs) to go home to our mom right um and 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 again like i said 12 year brother and you're right like when you're and being a biracial person yeah absolutely it's 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 tough because you you know in some ways, too, you know, one, you know how many white allies you have. Like, let's, I don't want that to be lost either. Like, there's plenty, right. there's plenty of those, but there's yeah. not enough. There's not enough. And then, two, you're not looked at. I remember when, in like, my, I want to say my sophomore year of college, I had a classmate ask me, like, do you identify as, like, black or white? And I thought about it. Well, I, told, I answered black. And then they were like, but why when you're biracial? And I was like, you know what? I've never actually had to answer that. And then the more I thought about it, for me, it was... America treats me as a black person first. They don't see me as biracial. Nope. So all of the benefits that come with being a white person in America, I don't get to reap. Nope. So why would I claim anything other than black when that's right. how I don't get to reap the benefits of, of being part white. And, nope. and it's just that, right. that sort of lens that we're looked at is just, is scary. Um, especially in like in a place that we, one, we've grown up, we're raising kids. Like, this should be a place that we feel safe and that we feel gives us everything that we give to it. Especially, like, I mean, we're talking about these athletes. Like, the athletes give so much to our nation and people cheer for them when they're, like, in uniform. But I just keep hearing so many athletes talk about, but when we take off that uniform, like, we're black. We're black. And here mm-hmm. in, yeah, it's just sick, man. It's It's equivalent for me to... You know, and this is another, you know, we're here, so we might as well talk. You know, this is another reason why I've always said, me personally, I'll never serve in any type of service, any type of army, you know, because why? When I put my life on the line for my country, I'm still going to come back here and be a nigga. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to get, it doesn't matter if I pull out my, well, I serve this and that. No. They don't ask that first. I'm still black in America. You know what I'm saying? So I can't. Absolutely. I'm not going to fight for anyone who's not fighting for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I know that in some ways it seems like sports kind of the center of it, but for real, like listening to what Doc Rivers said, like, like you said, you're not going to fight for an America that won't fight for you. 
And I felt like no one said it better than him when he was saying, like, he doesn't understand why we keep loving this country. We do. Like, Black America loves this nation, and the nation doesn't love us back. And that is, that is, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. Only between the, the only time that America really loves us is when we are doing something that benefits them. We're dribbling, we're catching a pass, we serving their food, whatever it is, we're benefiting them. That's That's when they love us. You know, um, which is why the boycotts are happening. Yeah. And that's why we're fighting just to be equal. Like just to be equal. Um, Honestly, like I feel like we go back a little bit. If these players uh, boycott and they keep boycotting, not only are these uh, billionaires losing money, which they don't like to do, it'll force them to go to the hood. You know, they, they, it would, it, they're comfortable going to the suburbs to be with their uh, suburb people, but they won't, they're not going to go back to Compton with uh, Russell, um, what's his name from Houston? Uh, Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Yep. Yeah. He, they're not going to go there. You know, they're not going to go to Akron, you know, but they might have some people that can actually make a change in those areas with their connections. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yep. So, Cam, we lose you? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, right. Somebody had sent me a message at work, and I was just looking at it. I'm sorry. It's all, it's all but yeah, so I just think that these uh, these athletes, they have to take a stand. You know, yeah. I would like honestly, I love sports, but I like to see it all get shut down. You know, I I want them sure. to continue this movement. I want them to. Make noise, you know, and keep making noise until something's changed. A lot of you know, um, we here in the America, the average time for a police officer's training is six to eight months before you're on the streets by yourself with a weapon and with the weapon. And you're supposed to protect me. I could be able to de-escalate a situation. Right. I would say eighty percent of the time. When the police officers are called, instead of de-escalating, they escalate. Yep. Yep. And that, I mean, so that kind of brings up another point. Um, so Cameron and Rashad, do have both of you had an interaction with police that one was a negative and two, you feel like probably wouldn't have happened if you were white? Just yes uh, or no question. Absolutely. Cameron. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. S- same. And even though, like, and that's that's kind of the point. Like, this is obviously a just the three of us but the fact that all three of us have had an experience that was negative in relation to the police and that was unjust and, de- and wouldn't have happened if we were white isn't that in some way that's kind of all you need to know no i will say i've yeah. had i've had i've been in the wrong before and had and had good officers you know what i'm saying of course so uh, let me just throw that point. out there and be clear for those yep. for yeah. those those type of people out there that might listen and think something's wrong no i've had good officers as well but more often than not Whenever I am pulled over, it's some bullshit. Every time. Yeah. You know, so whether it's me getting out the car, why do I have to get out the car if it's a speeding ticket? You don't smell marijuana. You run my background. You see my record is squeaky clean. Why am I getting out the car? Why are you, you know what I'm saying? So it's just always a bunch of bullshit that definitely would not have happened if I was of, of a different, you know, background. Yeah. And I would second that as well. And I'll go on record. Like, I've had some very, very good encounters. And I've had some very bad encounters. Um, So, um, 
I've honestly, like, far as driving, I think I've only been pulled over like two or three times in my life. But, you know, I've had some situations where, like Rashad said, I was in the wrong and I had police encounters. And then some things that I just weren't doing, shopping. I got in, uh, in contact when I was at the mall shopping because I fit the description. Wow. Right. What? I'm just shopping. Yep. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Shopping, you know? Um, right. And I, I went and bought some new shoes and I walked out the uh, footlock. They pulled me off to the side and they were like, where are you been? Did you do this? I was like, no, like, I just got here. I came, I came to the store, went to this one store, and, like, they made me, I was there for, like, 30 minutes with them asking me questions. I was just like, I don't fit your description. I don't have any weapons. I don't smoke. And, like, they want to search me. I'm like, this is awful. Like, okay. I didn't do anything but walk into one store. It's embarrassing, too. It's really embarrassing, honestly. I, uh, yeah. literally, the first week I lived, I was, lived in Chicago, I was in a, a neighborhood that was predominantly white in one of the suburbs and it was pretty late and I got pulled over for quote unquote running a stop sign, which I didn't find out until probably after five minutes of being pulled over and um, just repeatedly asking for my address. I, I still had an Ohio license. So when he took my license, he didn't, it obviously didn't reflect my license in Chicago. And he's just repeatedly asking, where are you going? What's your address? Do you repeatedly ask me if I live there? And, uh, yeah, after going back and forth and him finally telling me why he pulled me over, he followed me from where he pulled me over two miles to the house that I was living at. And it, it was just it, one, it was embarrassing. And two, it was like, one, why are you following me? And yeah. I just know, I, you, you know, you can feel the skepticism the whole time. And it's you're I'm trying to, like, advocate for myself to say, like, no, no, no this is where I live. When it's like I shouldn't even have to feel so desperate to make someone to. believe me. Exactly. <laughs> But that's that's kind of reality. Um, and even though, like, you know, you know, if you look, like it might sound kind of the whole conversation is got a negative tone on it. But this is just reality. But with that being said, like, I don't know. What do you what do you feel like can be can be done going forward here to make some change on a, on a smaller scale, on a smaller scale, like stuff you guys know that you're going to be doing? Uh, I mean, me personally, man, I, I want to start. I want to start opening up the opening up lines of communication to people who may be sketchy of people of brown descent to people who may have had wrong interactions with black people and now their their views of us are skewed. Let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. Right. The, only, the only thing we can do is control what we do and and spread spread love and educate and you know love everybody it sounds kind of cheesy but everybody needs to just fucking love everybody and yeah. we'll be fine you know what i'm saying yep. it's too much bs on facebook the news that's why i don't watch the news fuck the news that shit is bullshit yeah and this is always got it's, a, it's an agenda to it too it, it's always an agenda it's always something they're pushing and you know just you know be your own person and form your own opinions of people i don't care what color they are how much money they got just be a genuine human being for Christ's sake. Right. That's the thing that like this stuff is, it's almost so simple that it's like, I can't even believe we're having to talk about this to grown I mean, adults. Are you, are you serious? Like, why are we even having this conversation? Just be kind to people. Right. And just listen, man. Like, I don't think people realize like before, if you go into something, just knowing like, absolutely not, I don't even want to hear what you have to say. How can you ever expect to live? Like, is that really the type of place you want to live in? Or why don't you just think like before, even if you might, 
come into it thinking like I probably disagree with it. Just hear just hear people out. It doesn't right. even hurt you. It costs the same amount to just listen than it does to just ignore somebody. Just listen. And I and I think too like the people that you know you're t- you're saying like might have a skewed perception of black and brown people. I want it to be very clear. I, and I've seen this happen. Like I know like seeing after what happened with George Floyd, although there is so much there just there wasn't enough growth. There was at least enough that I saw of people that before that were very quiet on these types of issues that at least were speaking up a little bit. And that was kind of that was kind of nice to see because in my opinion it was kind of better late than never. Um you know, and I just think people need to not be not be criticized for coming to the party late, I guess you'll say. Like even if you're just now waking up and realizing as a white person in the country like wow, this stuff that black people have been pleading for, it's real. And in my opinion, we're, we're, you're still welcome. Like, even though we wish you would have came around sooner, if these conversations make you wake up more, then better late than never. Right. Uh, for me, I just think, well how, well, how I will affect it is I use my platform that I have. My platform is I'm a high school football coach. You know, educate the youth, right. you know. Let them know how they can be uh, productive citizens. Because I tell my kids, my job isn't only to teach you X's and O's, but it's to teach you about life and prepare you for those next steps. You know, give you life life lessons that your parents can't possibly uh, provide you. Um, So that's how I learn outside of sports. Exactly. Um, Teach these kids how to tie a tie. You know, teach them to what they're going to expect when they go to their first interview. um, things like that, you know, because they just don't get those lessons in school, you know, teach them to be respectful. Um, and then educate, you know, so many people out here are just uneducated. They speak about stuff that they don't even know about. You know, they they see the whole clip about George Floyd and they say he should have complied. What are you complying with? You did nothing wrong. Right. The, this man lost his life because they said he had a fake $20 bill that was essentially uh, deemed it was real. You know how many men... And and non-compliance doesn't mean you get killed. Cops are not meant to be judge, jury, and executioner. No. Just because you ain't complying to something doesn't mean that you deserve to be shot. That's that's crazy. (laughs) That just sounds crazy. He should have complied. So if he doesn't comply, he dies. Okay. He dies. So so my thing is, too, and since we're on um, on this topic of talking and discussing. If you go and you ask the average person about Colin Kaepernick and he kneels, and most nine times out of 10, people are gonna say he's disrespecting the flag. And we're four years removed from that. And we've said over and over and over, it's never been about the flag. And you start seeing all this stuff come up um, that's happened over the last uh, couple months about the social injustice and the racial injustice that we black people feel, but they still make it about the flag. Like how oblivious can you be? That's because they all don't want to have the discussion. Go- They're afraid of the discussion. I agree. That's why. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree, you know? Um, and I just think too, like once the judicial system starts actually punishing these cops from doing that. I'm not talking about firing them. Well, I'm sorry. Hey, you, you know, you need to be locked up and held accountable just like everybody else. Punish these not dudes locked like up and thrown in protection. Right. Punish these dudes like you're right. punishing the dope dealers. Exactly. You go into uh, general population, 
if you if you make it, you make it. If you don't, hey, that's on you. And I'm not saying that they need to go in there and die, but they need to go in there and not live a cushy life. We'll see who's tough. Exactly. You take the badge away from them, the gun away from them, and let's see if they really got hands. Because when they go to the uh, uh, behind those walls, it's it's different, you know. And I feel like if once that start happening and they're being held accountable, it might wake up the rest of the world to be like, yo, if I do this, if I pull this trigger, if I use excessive force, like, you know, I'm about to get some time. Some, you some know? long time. So, um, like, and we, and we do go back to the training. You look at uh, the whole uh, Breonna Taylor. I don't know if you guys know about the story with her. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, none of those cops have even, I don't think, lost their job yet. And they served a no-knock warrant at the wrong house. Yep. And they shot and killed somebody and took the boyfriend to jail for defending his house. It's ridiculous. Like, and on top of that, the person that they were looking for was already in custody. Wow. How does that happen? Lack of like, training, lack of knowledge, lack of lack of everything on the on the police departments. But no one's been held accountable. Nope. Like, what are you what are you researching? Like, you were in the wrong. Somebody needs to be held accountable. It doesn't matter if you like, kill somebody on accident. If you kill somebody on accident, you still have to go do time. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Period. I think we I think we lost the white. Do we lose him? Um he still he says he's connected. I don't know. Dwight, you there? Man, this stuff isn't flawless, man. <laughs> Technology. Um but no, yeah, so I appreciate Cam joining, but uh and the Brianna Taylor thing, that's that's really important because I think that, I mean, that to me is where you want to talk about how much the population is hurting. Like, that justice has not been served. Nope. She, she, well, I think, I'm pretty sure if I, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure only one officer of the three involved has been fired. And losing your job is not enough for murdering somebody. No, like, no. If I murder somebody, I'm going to sit down for a long time. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. Even if it's on accident, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's a, a, a bona fide accident, I'm still right, right. going to do some time. Yep, yep. You know what it, I'm saying? So, I do know what you're saying, man, but that, I mean, I think that's all it is, is like, like Cameron's saying, like, you know, using his platform, that's really all anybody can do. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to take someone way smarter than me to know how we navigate all this, but I just know um, – yeah. it's just helpful to even one talk to people about it right and just kind of get some feedback because right. something's not working no and then like you said it's just as long as the conversation is going and the yeah. conversation is going in the right way and we have people who are willing to at least listen they don't right. have to always agree or or, or or side with us but at least listen right that's and that's a, where that's the I right mean, direction yeah it is and i mean kaepernick it's just it feels like beating a dead horse at this point but it was never about the flag and the reason it got made about the kind of jumped to your conclusion you would have understood that 
Instead of, like I said earlier, it's not about what someone's doing. Sometimes it's important to understand why they're doing it. Right. Like, even with a lot of the protests and the, the riots, you know, quote unquote, um, even though the riot thing's kind of crazy because a lot of the people that were doing that weren't even part of the cause. Yeah, but they that's, just wanted to come down and be a part of something. Yep. And they didn't even, and the, and the worst part is the people, they were making it harder for black people because a lot of the people doing that weren't black. But that's almost kind of a separate point. My point yep. is, instead of when I looked at the rioting, it wasn't even for me, like, Maybe that's not my style of protesting. I mean, I know for me personally, ever since George Floyd, I've been to several protests and right. my makeup and my my way of approaching it was peaceful. But to the rioters, although like maybe I didn't think that was the best approach, I understood it because it's a you got to think of the culmination of anger. You got to think of like sometimes you don't, you don't know how else to get someone to listen. So instead of yeah. reacting to the fact that people were rioting. My thing was like, okay, but why aren't you asking why are you rioting? Like, what is what has you so upset? Because if you just why, do that, then we can make some progress. Why are you skipping over the, the, the total fact that you know, there's just unjust shit going on? Like, right. And it's and it's just point blank simple, man. We're tired of it. Like, everyone. I'm tired of... I don't have any patience for anybody on Facebook anymore. If you no, show no. me any amount of, of, of sketchiness, with, with, with what you're talking about, mm -hmm. I'm done with you. Like, I don't care how long I've known you either. Yeah. You know, I'll be done with you in a minute. We could have been friends for 20 years. I'll be yep. done with you. Yeah. No, man, it's same, same. This is cause, this has definitely been like, yeah, messing up a lot of relationships. But that's the thing. Though. That's my point is like everyone kind of has their own little circle and their own, you know, social, even social media. Like, okay, so you've got these thousand followers or whatever. Right. You got to be careful about what you're putting out because if you, the change that I think everyone can have is if you decide that you're going to speak up to your friends, to your family, to your your Facebook following or whatever, you kind of you do have the ability to impact some change. Like you have the oh. impact to like make people start thinking about something that maybe they weren't going to think about had you not bring it up. Right. So and I think everyone has that responsibility. Like I'm not saying everyone's going to be a civil rights activist on making these sweeping changes but if everyone is doing their part in their little respective circles and communities change can happen like this stuff can get better that's how you plant the seed it just has to start with everyone it's almost like the the new england patriot way do your yeah, job. yeah right right if you do your job if you raise your kids right if you instill you know good values and, and morals upon your family and your friends then they'll do the same thing and right and, keeps getting passed down and that's yep. how we did it but hey there's fucking people who are literally raising their kids up to hate people be hateful of color. to be hateful it's absurd and i can't even wrap i still I'm, i can't even wrap my brain around like like my son or or one of my daughters like hey don't don't deal with this type of person because they're that color or they do this so don't do, like i couldn't imagine doing that no because it's not when you break it down, like, that's just, it's not smart. Like, that's not a smart way of thinking. No, it's not. And that's why, I mean, I get, like, it's like Cameron said, like, we just want equal. We just want equality right now. And because for the longest time, we have been giving equality out and just not getting it back. And it's it's sick. It's sick. And let, let me ask you a question. I mean, being, being biracial, is there a, a tug of war between your black side of the family and your white side of the family? Is there any tension? Is there any, anything there? Absolutely. That's a great question. So for sure, the answer is yes. 
Um, That's sad. And it is sad. It is sad. You know what the saddest part is? I've had white family members not only like kind of discredit some of the things that I've said. And as a biracial person, in some ways, my interactions are at times even a little bit different. Yeah, but even are. explaining some of the stuff that has happened, like like the, what happened in Chicago, is that was one of multiple actually interactions with police forces that have been not just. Um, and again, I have I've had plenty of of good experiences with them, but um, yeah, there's there's this sense of I, I actually had I had a white family member. We were talking about their daughter um, dating black dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember how this came up. But they said to my face, well, we would if it was someone like you. And I was like, Ooh. what does that mean? And, wow. Yeah, right. Um, and so I asked them, I was like, well, what does that mean? They were like, well, well you someone, know what they mean. someone, oh, of course I did. But I wanted to, I want, not only did I want to hear them say, it, I wanted them to, I almost thought, like, if you can hear yourself say these words out loud right now, you'll know how implicit your bias and your racism is. Man. And they said to me, they were like, so, well, you're not like, you're not like, like, you know, they're, they're tap, they're tiptoeing around. They don't even oh, know what yeah. to say. They're, yes. oh, whoa, 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 whoa. and I was like, well, I'm not a thug. Cause I know that's what you're trying to say. Right. I know that's what you're trying to say. And they were like, well, yeah, well, like someone that like stays out of trouble. And it was like, so what you're saying to me is that what, and you're in general, when you look at black people, that's how you view them. You yeah. view them as thugs. You view the, you view them as people that get into trouble because I had to be the exception to what you thought you knew about black people. Mm-hmm. That's not right. That's not right. And that is our that is the point exactly. Is when you have this in the back of your head and you're out there as a police officer, your first thought at times, I'm not speaking for all cops, but I am speaking for many cops. At times, if this is what you have, this predisposition that the people you're interacting with are thugs and they're they're just bad people, quote unquote, right? Your interaction with them is not going to be the same as it is with a white person. That's not hard to comprehend. It's not, and, and, and it's not hard to comprehend. No, and I don't mean to get off on that tangent, but yes, that, to answer your question, that is absolutely a pull, and and it's just, and it's also too like you know, I find sometimes it's a battle of feeling like just so pissed off about everything going on but honestly just sad like there's times where it's just like it just hurts like why wouldn't why aren't why aren't you listening and why don't you care like i'm I'm supposed to be your your family member and you don't want to listen to what i have to say and and trust and instead of trying to invalidate it and i think that's like and when i think of like the country as a whole don't you want to just look at your brother and sister in the nation and think like let me listen to you like what we're saying is not made up this is not something far-fetched. It, these are real experiences. So we just, people are not listening. It's real. It's real life. You yep. know what I mean? And that's why I said, you know, for for biracial kids right now, it's got to be hell because, right. man, I mean, I'm, the things I'm seeing on Facebook from, you know, Caucasian people, like, yep. talk about blocking their family for being racist. I love that yep. energy. Like, good for you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But man, it's got to suck. Like, yeah. Like cutting off man. right yeah you, people that's supposed to be a family no it is hard it's hard but it it uh i don't know i give kudos though to people that are you know there there's no i'm i hope to see less patience you know there's no patience for this anymore we're here to have a conversation and if you're willing to listen great but if you're not willing to listen then shame on you yeah yeah that that, that we can't make you do 
Right. Shame on you. And, and I want to know who raised you because shame on them. I want to know whoever sure. you spent the majority of your life around, whoever instilled values and, and whatever into you, shame on them too because, yep. you know, they're, they're not much enough in either because of how you are. For sure. For sure. So it, it's just, it's sad, man. But It is. But I mean, I, listen, man. Yeah, keep the conversation going. I appreciate, I just appreciate your time and feedback, especially as a parent, a black parent. I just, I respect, I respect everything you're going through. I appreciate um, I don't know. Again, I don't know that we had all the answers, but it's it's worth the conversation, man. No, it, it's definitely worth the conversation. And we, and we have to have more of a conversation. Yeah. You know? And with, with more, we'll bring, we'll, we'll use the platform. We'll, we'll get, we'll keep the conversation going. I don't doubt that for a second. Let's keep it going, man. I'm, 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 I'm yes, all sir. in. Cool. I appreciate you, man. All right, man. Stay safe, brother. Thanks.